Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. The Dreamcatchers is a full service career and brand identity firm. We are professional connectors who specialize in taking an idea and making it a reality. Whether you're looking to land the dream job, build a small business, or plan an upcoming event, we can help. And if we can't, we know someone who can. On this podcast, we'll be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Matter, we will shine light on a hot and relevant topic that means something to us, and we are sure will mean something to all of you. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at www.thedreamcatchers.life or find us on Instagram at thedreamcatchers23. Let's get dreaming. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good, morning. morning? good morning. Um, we are here today with two guests we're very excited to introduce in a moment for an episode of What's the Matter, which we haven't done in a little while. Um, and we're going to talk about well-being today and being well, which I kind of like the double entendre. Um, I'm Jamie, for those who don't know me. My sister Marissa. I'm Marissa. We are Hi. The, we are the Dreamcatchers. We are coming live at you from a shared universe in Red Bank. We're so thrilled to be here today with our guests who are going to have introduced themselves. Go ahead and introduce yourselves to the audience. Who's here today? Hi, I'm Evan Rubin. Evan, who are you? What do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a physician uh, in town, an osteopathic physician. And um, what's that? What's an osteopathic? Yeah, what's that? Danny, Danny's <laughs> working for us. That. What is osteopathy? Just quickly. Well, quickly. Is it, is it about the bones? It, it, is, it is about the bones. It is about more than just the bones. Uh, osteopathic medicine is a kind of a, uh, it's a specialty of medicine, but it's also a way of viewing health and the body. It's, there's a wholeness there. So it's a, it's a truly holistic practice, and we learn how to treat and diagnose things with our hands. Love it. Okay. It's changed about the way I think about it. I'm sure you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it has. And who are you? I love Danny Rubin. And um, I own Pilates Blast in right here in town. Just like small aside, how do you guys know each other? <laughs> we live together. Oh, that's what I thought. You live together. We, we got married. <laughs> we got married. How many episodes have we done? 87? This is 86 today. 86? Yep. So I don't think we've ever had a couple. Couple. Have we? We've had, we've had sisters. We've had relatives. We've had partners. But I don't think we've ever had... Husband and wife. No. No. Well, that's all. Husband and wife, health executives, if you will. Yep. Um, And local celebrities, if you will. Yeah, that's our favorite. One of our favorite words is a local celebrity, meaning, you know, your micro influencers here in the area for in your businesses. I'm just looking down because I'm trying to multitask. Um, And I think why we chose to have you together was because of the fact that you kind of both live this well lifestyle that you teach in different ways, right, to people all around the community. Um, So today's matter, what's the matter, by the way, when we say that is, and it's in our intro, but we like to say it while we're live, is we have multiple arcs of our podcast. Typically, we talk about people's story, like what it is that, what's your story is the theme. Um, Sometimes we do what's called what's the word, meaning we kind of just come up with a word that we think encompasses you. And then other times we do what we call what's the matter, which is kind of a, 
again, a double entendre, which we love. Like, what's the matter? Like, on your mind, and what's the matter? You go to a doctor, what's the matter? You want to feel better, especially at this time of year. It's like, you know, the beginning of the year, resolutions, et cetera. And so the matter at hand right today for us is well-being and just being well. And you kind of come at that in two different ways. So we'd love to kind of unpack how we got here. So our first question is always the same, no matter the arc of the podcast, um, which is what did you want to be when you grew up? Was it a Pilates studio owner? Probably not. Um, so what is it? What's your I earliest, know what she wanted to be. What's your earliest memory of what you wanted to be? Um, a dancer. Same. Yeah. Same girl, same. That was it. And I was very, um, I didn't see anything outside of that and. The only class I ever failed was typing. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, that's okay, because I don't think I need to know how to do that anyway. Yep. I don't want to be in an office. I mean, And when you say dancer, like, like what would, my dream, by the way, like mm -hmm. serious dream was I wanted to be a backup dancer for, at the time, Janet Jackson. Shut up. Yes, same. What would I have said? Bum, I would have said backup dancer. dancer for Janet Jackson. So, so her Velvet Rope tour yeah, duh. was like the high of my like whatever, and I was um, one of the last girls cut before that tour. No way! Mm -hmm. Like a, like the the peak, and then the so my dream job was like like was, so is like close. a trigger for you. Okay, Team sorry Landon. about that. Sorry about that. By the way, it wasn't me. I didn't say it. So I didn't add you. Like yeah, that, oh. it was. But it was you know it was such a fun process. Like yeah, getting called back and called back and called back, and um, so that was like enough because. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? That's, like it was. That, was a, that is a holistic approach to that your journey. That is crazy because, you know, you had given me a little list and I was like, oh, that's easy. I've told that a million times. Like, yeah, I want to be a dancer. Did you know that? I knew she wanted to be a dancer. Yeah. Well, um, I, I didn't in, know the John Jackson. I lived in rural sure. Virginia, so we didn't have cable TV. So, like, I would have a VHS um, video tape, and that's the only way I, like, had access to Janet Jackson. So that's how I would learn her dances. I don't wow. know. Wow. Where in Virginia are you from? Um, Stafford, which now it's, you know, was that it's by much Roanoke? No, we're like right between, we're right off of DC, right between Richmond and Washington. Oh, so now okay. it's very built up. Like so, it's uh, just by like Rappahannock? Mm hmm. The Rappahannock yeah. River, Stafford, I mean, First, uh, I went Fredericksburg. To I went to Richmond. Oh. I spent some time yes, yes, yes. on 95 South and 64 yes. West. King's Dominion? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. King's Dominion. I've been there. Um, wow, I love that. And well, then it started as Janet Jackson morphed into Britney Spears, wanted to be a backup dancer my whole life, same thing. Yeah. And then danced in college and then just danced for fun now. But yeah, obviously, awesome. coming from wanting to be a performer, I'm not completely shocked with what you ended up doing with your life. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there. We're going to yeah, talk yeah. about kind of the jungle gym that it takes to get to where you are now. But what about you? Did you want to be a doctor? Oh, um, or a physician? I mean, all? originally, what I really wanted to do was uh, be a lion tamer. That's, a that's, lion tamer. Yeah, that's probably the thing that drove me at the beginning never, of my life. You've never to. had that. I think you'd still want to do that. I actually. would. I would give it. Where did that come from? Like you were into like circus and no. like all that. I stuff? used to go to no. Ringling Brothers and see that, but it, just big cats. Um, just no I'm, way. I'm all in. Yeah, I, I think. Where did it, that come like, from? Tiger King. Still... COVID was a big moment. Oh for my God, you? Tiger King. Mm, yeah. Well, it was yeah. way right. before that. Our second yeah. date, not to interrupt, I took him to the MGM Grand in Vegas because he lived in New York and he came to visit me in LA. And I took him to. We stood in line for two and a half hours to see the big cats at MGM Grand. And they and let hold, you hold, hold a, uh, a lion cub. 
So you yeah. just had like an obsession with big cats when you were Yeah, little. pretty much. And I still think that uh, there's a 50% chance that once the kids are out of high school, I'm just going to go to Africa for a couple of years. And, and like, yeah. have you done it? Have camp. you ever gone to African safari? Yeah, but I didn't hold any lions. Yeah, or, no. <laughs> I did that on my honeymoon. It's the best. Um, wait, oh my God, that's crazy. We've gotten, I mean, what did I just say? This is our 86th episode? We've never, never had anything like never that. couple well, and never happens. a lion trainer. When you get couples on, they start coming up with some crazy. Like, really? You, can't you, lie, you, you premeditated I, it. Yeah. yeah, you can't lie. That's wild. But so I think Marissa likes okay. to correlate what we wanted to be when we grew up to what we do now. So can you I, I correlate lion tamer to? I think physician? I'm going to need a little bit. I'll try to build a bridge. Let's see what we can do. I mean, I like I can I can web pretty much anything, but like I feel like I need to be like okay. Uh, so from Lion Tamer, <laughs> did you ever have an original job? And you're not from rural Virginia because you just feel like you're not. Where are you from? Um, Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That feels right. So <laughs> in, <laughs> sorry, sorry Evan, right. I see you. Um, so Evan Rubin from Long yeah, Island. Yeah. That's shocking. Um, so Evan Rubin from Long Island, were you like, did you maybe work at a camp Yes, several okay, times. So, so you, I tamed, was, you tamed some lions. So I'm trying to find the, the verb. All right, so what was your first job? Like your first like real your job first that paid you money? Um, well, you know, working, being a counselor, yeah. I mean, I did, did stuff growing up, like, you know, you mow ready? lawns and clean gutters on houses and climb around. So know. some odd jobs. Sure, for but sure. But like being a counselor would be wrangling. It was. It would. It is. Okay. You know, taking care of kids at a camp. Um, I'm a family physician. I'm board certified in that. So taking care of kids and kids' parents is very much like taming big cats. And where did the interest in science come? I, I always was interested in science and math. Uh, those were subjects that came easy to me, and they you know, it just kind of matched with what my brain was doing. So it, it wasn't too difficult um, to to. I was also interested in a lot of other things. So especially in college, I went there with the intention of pursuing science because it was something that came easy and I was uh, excelling in in high school. Once I got there, I was exposed to a lot of other things. I ended up being a religion and philosophy major in no college. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Tufts University. Okay. Um, I had some, yeah, I had some great uh, advisors and teachers there who really kind of exposed a lot of things to me and opened my mind up to a lot of things. Um, Which, by the way, is good advice. Sam we always do you know this? Do you know Rob Samuels? Didn't you go to Tufts? Yeah, Tufts too. I feel like people don't talk about Tufts um, as much anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it and it's such we a great young. school. Yeah, great school. Great. School. I had a great time there. It was yeah, and you're all you're like a little you're a little Boston. Mm -hmm. Or a lot Boston, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where you, you go and but hang. As, I mean, it's as in... great as Boston is, the school, as men, if Boston is like a college town, right? We just talked about this. My, my neighbors and I were just I was talking just talking about, about this, too. It's like more it's a, colleges but in the city than any other city. But they're all specific, mm. right? There's like nowhere, you, there's no equal opportunity, you know, type school. They're all pretty focused. But Tufts, obviously, is a, a prestigious academic school. Um, anyway, uh, so philosophy... Philosophy and religion. Mm -hmm. And I, that's good advice, by the way, because we have a lot of listeners that are undergrad or, or deciding what they want to do. And I think leaning into your, your professors and taking their advice and figuring out what makes you tick, right? So that's obviously a, a huge theme of what we talk about with, with on our coaching business. If you have a dream, you can figure it out. Like you can find how to catch it. 
as long as you ask for help mm -hmm. and you listen and you ask questions and you say yes and all of the things. So at a very young age, here you are, 18, 19 years old, living in Boston away from home, not a lion tamer. Um, so did you intern and like start getting jobs that way or did you always know you're gonna end up going for like Medical a further school. degree? So that, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, so like, to go back to what you just said about leaning into teachers and advisors, and when you're, you know, you're, you're young, 18, 19, and especially in that kind of period that was a transition, and it's fine to go somewhere with an intention of what to do and do that. There are plenty of people that go and know they want to go to, to medical school when they're 15, you know, or 12 mm -hmm. or whatever, and they continue to pursue that. But a lot of people see college and time afterwards, or even if you don't go to college and you travel and go to Europe or whatever it is, as time to find themselves, right? Mm. Learn who you are. And a lot of times, especially in a transition period, it's hardest to see that, to see your potential and what you're gonna, you know, where your strengths are for yourself. Sometimes it does, it's helpful to have someone you trust who's older, who's seen a lot of we it. We see that, to, say that to people all the time, you. look around, look yeah. up, look left and right. Yep. Who's uh, around you, who inspires you? What do they do and what, do, you know, what do their journeys look like? So I actually think, and I mean, and this is not that shocking now because of our wisdom and where the world has evolved, but your interest level in religion and philosophy is probably what intuitively led you to the the path of medicine that you practice because your brain right so Jamie and I are big believers and and a lot of other like-minded motivational experts will say the same that we we all we all are ourselves right mm -hmm. so we don't and this is actually my dad's quote, you don't really change, you evolve and some of your sharper edges get a little bit more blurred or calmer as you age because you accept others for who they are and you accept yourself for who you are. But at the end of the day, who you are in those formative years is who you truly end up being as an adult. Which pieces we use are what's interesting, right? So I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, okay, here's a kid that had use of both of his brains, okay, all the sections. And that's not common, mind you, it's it's rare. Most people are left or right, as we all in, you know, one-dimensionally know that language. You're an Excel spreadsheet or you're an artist, right? There's a few of us that will mine that gap. I'm one of those people too. Same. Jamie is too. Um, my husband is too, who is a walking spreadsheet, but a musician, right? So there's not that many of us. I think we're a smaller group. But when I find you tripping into philosophy and religion and then going to medical school and then being exposed to all the things that you could do, your way of thinking helped you to challenge the traditions of science because the marriage between religion and philosophy and science is not an equal-footed marriage. Mm. There are some that are completely on one side versus others that are completely on the other side. I actually think it's fascinating that that's your background. So then how did you find this where you landed, like in this area? Like did you intern and then start working and then all the things, or did you take a you know more traditional trajectory? So, so um, after graduating with that degree, uh, I always kind of knew, and you bring it up, like you don't always change, you know, you don't really change who you are. Right. So that seed of the science and the, and, and the, um, the medicine was always, was there, had a detour ex investigating these other things using that part of the brain, whatever. Um, 
someone uh, I was working my father's a dentist and I was working in his office one day you know in the in the uh, at, at the desk and he had a patient who was a doctor and he said to me I was in my early 20s he said if you're ever thinking of going to medical school you should do it now do it when you're young don't do something else and then think you're going to come back to it which you can do people do it but it's easiest to do it this way totally. when he said that was that's okay you're right mm-hmm. it is something i'm going to want to do so do it now so i did went to medical school or i got in did prerequisites got in and the very first day the first week of medical school again i was thinking i was going to do Classics. You know, more no, tra- I'm just actually psychiatry. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, I was like, come on. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually day, psychiatry yeah. was the thing I was thinking of going sure. to. Because I did some other stuff with a graduate psych before medical school. But anyway, very first week, there was a local, an osteopath who had a study group. And we just came and, and uh, uh, sometimes it was every week. Sometimes only four or five of us. Sometimes there were 25. And I just went every week and started learning what traditional osteopathy was and where it fit in medicine, the philosophy of it and the practice of it. And it made instantly made sense to me. Um, and that's what really shifted my trajectory. When, when I had an experience with osteopathy, it changed my world and what I thought was possible in terms of health and how people can, can, um, can really find that and open themselves up to health. And then, uh, and I shifted from psychiatry to, I knew I was gonna do family medicine. I wanted to treat children, I wanted to treat adults. So this was early on. You this found was, it pretty early. Yeah, the beginning of, right, the beginning of Because you found school. a mentor, which is again, advice that we always tell people. You know, yeah. I don't think you can go to your practice unless you can pronounce no, that's, that's not true. Pathophy. You oh, okay. can call it anything you want to call it. Pathophy. It still works. The O thing. Yeah. Okay. You have there's to put a, the there's accent some extra. second O. Osteopathy. Osteopathy. So now, don't you find, though, and, and then don't worry, Danny, you're going to take front stage, front and center. I'm going to continue um, But don't you find, though, that, you know, in 2024, there's so much, I mean, granted, the world's upside down, probably worse than ever, <laughs> but that's not this podcast. Um, that's a different podcast. But, don't you find that there's just more awareness finally in the whole, you know, you well, were, being you, were you were walking a very narrow path. I don't really think people, common culture, knew what you and your mentor and your colleagues were doing mm-hmm. and or recognized it. And I feel like there's much more of a, uh, not only understanding, curiosity and common all kinds of people acceptance where I always think of my of of Jamie's best friend from growing up this is not about you but Jamie's best friend from growing up is girl Beth hi Beth um her parents were uh, like the only crunchy people we knew like you know but I, mean? I don't want to say crunchy no crunchy but they like, were, crunchy. were like were like, like they do were you vegetarian have any goodies, good snacks like where like they were like beet sodas and I'm gonna tell her to listen to this she'll love this no but they were like vegetarians called, yeah and I'm like, like, like the way world and like now it's like every other person but not not like healthy food you know not like Ocean Cafe level I love Ocean Cafe more like you know what's the place on Front Street like good karma like you like know good like, karma you're like yeah a, like a they're like more... eating tempeh like before it was a thing right like I'll never like I mean they ate very well but like they no artificial like sweeteners and, and this is in 19, 1988. Yeah, like literally. You're like, why are you so weird, Beth? Yeah, like, why is that weird? My mom's buying like craft, like fat free, fat free singles. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> like snack wells. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like yeah. I know. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Like only if you eat the whole sleeve. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. Okay, so you had a, a fairly, I guess, 
typical path that way. Whereas like you didn't come back to it, which I think is kind of cool. Like found it early on. So what about you? How did you go from getting, sorry, cut from Janet Jackson? Um, Where did, what, where did you, what was your jungle gym like before you got here? Well, so I grew up rural Virginia and like knew immediately, like from the time I was 10, I was like, I very close to my family, had a very good close group of friends, which are still my friends today. So I don't want it to be like I had to get out, but like something internally was like I have this to get out. This is not where like I belong. Any yeah. one of my dearest friends that I grew up with. Was All like, knew like, you were going. Yeah, like just like, you know. So mm-hmm. when I was 18, um, you know, I'd gotten a scholarship for Alvin Ailey and I'd like been looking into moving to the city, but I don't know. Like I was looking, I was like, I could live with like nuns in like a dorm. I don't know. I was very, I was like, uh, there's, yeah. I don't know that that's how I want to. Yeah, that's intimidating. It. Yeah, like I was in New York is intimidating in every decade and every generation. Agree. In, yes. If you're not from right. around here. Right. And then um, I had a dance teacher that was like, you know, I'm doing auditions for a cruise ship. And, you know, I kind of thought like, oh, I want bigger things than that, you know, but I was like, okay, well, this may be you my opportunity yes. to get out, right? So that was my first real job and it it was my like changed my life like your eye uh-huh. yeah I got down there there was an uneven number of guys and girls so they asked uh who's now one of my dearest friends Craig they're like okay there's got to be a girl and boy living together which who pick somebody and he chose me and he was like a 26 year old ballet dancer from uh Canada and I was like you know 18 from Virginia he's like that one I feel like I can do some real influencing <laughs> and really it's like he was the most brilliant dancer that you would only like kind of see on TV. And I'm like, you know, A, what are you doing dancing on a cruise ship? And then B, his whole thing was like, he just, it wasn't even about dance. He, I remember, and I hope this isn't off-putting to any of the no. audience. He said, um, I simply dance to travel and meet new people to drink with. And I was like... Well, that's a, oh that's a perspective, like, yes, Craig. I'm not allowed to drink yet. Yes. But <laughs> I was like, in that moment, I was like, wow. Like, even just in this moment, I felt like I had met my people. As soon as I got down there just being in a cast being with other performers and stuff it really I was like okay none of that stuff really matters like this I'm this is where I'm supposed to be like so the damned any scholarships or this or that like I was just like I just want to like meet continuously meet my people people that inspire me people Mm. that like I just want to be with around you know and you know we laughed for about was it like a royal caribbean it was Norwegian Cruise Line. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the Norway the first time. They did like the biggest theater on the water. Sure. Like, it was like the real deal too, which I was Great. Norwegian was is like, like, was like the vacation destination. Yes. Mm. And it was, yeah. they were hard shows. Like I was dancing my butt off in heels for the first time. I was like, whoa, this, you know, so I learned, I really actually learned a lot. I was definitely not above it in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Okay. People that work on, fun fact, fun fact that I don't think I've ever said in the, eight, third, third thing. That we've never said in 86 episodes. I'm certified or was certified to teach art on cruise ships. Oh. Um, and I don't know what chapter of my life that was, but it was a slim one. And I went on two, one with this one who was begrudging. And we have most of, we have a sig- Some of our favorite, favorite memories, memories, are, from memories are from that vacation. And then, uh, you know, I was. She was allowed to bring a guest. We were allowed to, we weren't like in staff quarters. We were guests on the ship. The only requirement I had to teach. She had to teach for one hour a day on the days we were at sea. It's, and we got to go for free. Yeah. And it I was, was 23. I'm like, Meanwhile, my this boss is amazing. Like, You're going away for how long? Yeah. Like yeah. at that time. And I was like, well, this is, thank God I did that. Yeah. Thank God. I, dear everyone, we want you to work and contribute to society, but take advantage of opportunity. Thanks. Take your love, PTO. Mom. It really is. <laughs> take like, your time it, off. It was yeah. an incredible experience. Like, you know, 
I, I think I did it at the perfect time for me, like 18 to 20. Love. Met a lot of people that were in the industry. And then I felt the confidence. So you didn't like, go to college. This was your college. This Got it. College. This mm-hmm. was college years. And then I was able to move to L.A., you know, after that, because I was like, okay. You had infrastructure. I you I had friends. Like I, did you go with any of them? No. I did go by myself with $600. It was, you know, it's that story. Like, it really is real. You know, you're yeah. just like, what am so I So did you perform for that all, the, all those I, years? Um, I, you know, lots of waiting table jobs, like when you first get there. And then my second and my probably my favorite job ever was Universal Studios. Mm. And again, in my industry, if you work at a theme park, it is like, well, you know, like, no, I was just somebody that I'm like, who has it better than me? This is like amazing. Like I get to be in a dressing room. It's always been about the dressing room for me more than being on the stage. Like that is what I learned in those years of like the practical jokes and the information you know when I don't know when I um, stopped like fast forwarding like you know 15 years later and I was no longer a rocket no longer uh, in a dressing room I was like just like a quick rocket drop I was like I don't know it's like what what after I was a rocket oh, which we didn't, didn't even get, get there, there. Oh, didn't get was, get there. you know that's just this yeah. part of the life but I just I really missed it that was the part I missed everybody's like do you miss being on stage I'm like eh, I don't think about that it's I, the backstage I think yes. what I'm hearing from yeah, you I love that is you had on your in your insides mm-hmm. were not matched by any of the people that loved you and created a foundation from where you grew up. So when you found people that matched your insides, mm-hmm. that's how you continued to fill your bucket professionally. Yes. So and when you thought of the dressing room. And what room, I'm hearing is the dressing room the, is yes. the camaraderie. Your the community. Yes, the community. Yes. I do have to interrupt because I'm going to make her watch this. But Natalie was has been my best friend since first grade. And she is, like, we are so different. She became a mom at, like, 22 and blah, blah, blah like, all the things. But, I have, you know, when she's watching this, she is my people. And I met her very luckily when I was in kindergarten. But there is a difference of... Of, of course, you know what I mean. Well, you I couldn't. Just, you couldn't be. No you, offense, you Natalie. Were, Natalie, we, we know love that you. She couldn't be you without Listen, you. Listen, I love Beth. She was super <laughs> crunchy in first grade or whatever grade we met. But you, um, you want to like honor yeah. that? Like I, like I said, I did want to get it, but it was never to get away from the. You know, she came to visit me on a cruise ship. Like some of our like my best memories during this time are when some of my my best. No, we friends... love Stafford. We're into Stafford. Yeah, we're you there. wouldn't be you if it weren't for that. What? Yes, I meant the yes. the in the inside voices. Yes. So you okay? So you moved to LA. You work now. You're working. How did you? How did you get back to New York and become a rocket? I met this guy. You met. So I like. So because of you, I drove to LA and got out, and it was just like, yeah, this is home. And I never thought I would leave. Like I was like, I'll just have to figure out how to get my parents here, and maybe Natalie, yep. and like you know yep. the people I care about. But I was like, this is it for me. Like I, this is where I've always meant to be. And then um, I did audition for the Rockettes out there after a few years. Like, what was great also about working at Universal is, like, not the fact that you get to laugh all day and they gave us health insurance and all the things that a lot of dancers don't have, you know, going job to job. You just had a roster of people behind you that wanted to work your shift that day. So it's like, all right, well, I'm going to go to New York and work on the show for a little bit and you can just take off. Like, it was the flexibility. Like, all of it was just insanity of how great it was and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I appreciated it then because I was working with a lot of people that were on tour with Janet Jackson mm-hmm. and like were like in their careers further along and I think they they didn't really like appreciate how like awesome that was so I'm like I get to go home and sleep in my bed all night and then wake up and have to be at work at nine and laugh all day and I, you know what I mean it was really you yeah, but I think that what's interesting about your story is that you know and we talk about this all the time and and you're probably one of maybe the Actually, there's been a couple of guests who really 
like got the dream job, right? That's the dream job. But what you also did is found the dream in the job, which we talk about all the time, right? So like, sure, you didn't get the Janet Jackson backup dancer, which is what your dream was. But here you are like taking this job, not being above it, being humbled by it, and actually finding as much joy, if not maybe more joy, doing the universal or the cruise ship or the things that some of these – Dancers might have been like, I'm not doing that. Right. Right. So that to me as a coach, I'm constantly saying to people, say yes. Like you never know. Absolutely. You could start these jobs and be like, actually, I have health insurance and I get to sleep in my own bed. And that's the dream job. Right. Right. And it allows so me to when, do other things. Like Yeah. Know. So when we're growing up, and by the way, the dream job now is owning my own studio and being home for my kids. Like the dream so. job changes as we mm-hmm. grow up. So if we can learn that lesson sooner. Right. So right. a lot of us and most of our guests, we learned it as we went. And now we can be wise to, to our audience and to our clients to tell them otherwise. But I think that's really good advice, yeah. right, is finding the dream in the job. You weren't necessarily doing the exact dream job, right. but it was pretty darn close. Right. Right. So Rocket, like I auditioned for Rockets out in L.A. I did a few years of their touring show because it was just a better situation. And then. I came to New York to work on like a just a random workshop they were working on and that's when I met him. I was he was just moved into the city for his like medical rotation, so his your fourth year of medical school. And he was living with a, a guy he grew up with and his girlfriend who happened to be a rockette and a very good friend of mine. Funny. So, so after the show she's like, Oh, we're me. all gonna go out, my roommate, blah blah. And um and it was actually a setup for another Where rockette. were you living? Like by uh uh Alpha, NYU? Alphabet East City. Vi- yeah, East, East Village. Village. And um, so I went over with my friend Meg, who I was staying with those two weeks, and I was like, you know, Michelle wants you to meet her roommate. Like, yeah. she thinks you guys will be, because I live in L.A. Like, nobody's trying to set me so, up. You know what I mean? I love, so this is for yeah. somebody else. This is for somebody else. You took you took her spot. I did, but, you were you her know, understudy. it just all worked out. She wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, yeah. it all worked out, but that was... That was it. It was that meeting you know, in that apartment. Just just for just for the audience sake, right, of all ages, this is a time where, like, there was no one sending you a picture of yeah. him. You were just rolling up to the night yes. and not having any clue where it would take you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, for me, the best thing. Like, I, I was like, I'm going to get on a plane in like two days. And You're like, whatever. Right? I'll just you go know? meet him. Like, whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't this... even for me. I was just going to like hang uh, out with Michelle. And she's like, my roommate's cooking. La, la. Happened to be like a great cook. I was like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, eggplant." And I was like, "I've never had eggplant." I'm like, "That's the most delicious thing I've ever had." So I was not the pillar of health. Like, you know, that's one of the things he's always been like that. And my friends would like out me, and they're like, "You know that she eats Snickers and Cokes before the show, right?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. <laughs> no, I." You're don't, like, "It's actually. Diet Coke." Yeah. So then, like the next day, he was like, "I'm going to go on a hike. Do you want, you know?" And um, everybody's just laughing. They're like, "You're going hiking?" I was like, "Yeah." So he, he actually, yes, I'm going hiking, and pretend like although it's you were always in this fitness world, he actually made you. At the time, that's not considered fitness, but you know what I mean. No. Like you were in a performing role, that's you know, bo- image yeah. and body image related yes but but because it was the years that it was right it wasn't no really the way that it is now they weren't healthy then they weren't eating probably the opposite like i mean i was probably the only dancer i know that didn't smoke but like that world like it was like cigarettes and cokes and like i mean it really is like disgusting when you think about it Um, and i was like healthy compared to them but you know my 
toxic trait at that time was like I knew Snickers was going to make me feel great on stage. Yes. Not too heavy, but like, Snickers. Just like like their Snickers campaign. That that is their ad campaign right now. Um, Um, Okay, so so you... You Not guys, in the grand meet. scheme of things, it's chocolate and peanut. Like, how bad could it be? I remember that I said, that's why I love it. Well, the, the other thing is, I mean, when fitness is your job, you don't necessarily think about yeah. doing fitness things outside right. of it, right? That's right. The right. So you're like, let's go for a hike, that's and he's work. like, what? She's like, is, am I going to get yeah. paid for this hike? <laughs> yeah, like, <You> know, <laughs> where, like, where's sure. going to be the camera along the trail? Right. No, you know, so no. I you love know. hiking. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, go shopping. Yeah. Let's let's hike so to a, to a store. City? Where were you hiking? North of the city. You, yeah. yeah you went to like Bear, Bear, Bear Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, yeah. That's up by where we grew up. Um, okay. So now let's fast forward a bit. So you now you're a rocket. When did? Okay. So now you're in New York. Well, I, we were long distance for about a year, but we just knew. Like when I left that trip, we knew. You know, it wasn't even like a thing. It was just like, yep. Okay. Let me just go back, tie up some loose ends, and. I'll, you know, I'll like, here because I'm like... It was like a whirlwind. Yeah, because I was like, he's in medical school. He can't just up and move. And at the time, it didn't even feel hard. Like, I, you know, it was a lot to give up. I had already, I just got my Pilates certification because... Imagine she's like, I'm going to move to LA and like live here forever and then meets this random dude. I know. <laughs> I'm going to move back. I was so like, sure. this is love. This is yeah. the funniest thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm in like the dressing room or whatever and they're like you're moving across country for a man because it was just kind of the opposite of who I was. And like, everything you were like trying blah, blah, blah. to do. So I would just like make fun of myself all the time. I would be like, huh, I met a man, now I'm just giving up everything and moving yes. across country. Because I, you know, I was so sure that I could like laugh about it because I wasn't. Like, I mean, it helps oh. you lived in New York. It's not like you're like moving to Iowa. Right. No offense to Iowa. Right. Um, you know, like you were like, I could do this there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was intimidating, you know, but I mean, I moved right into the apartment that he was living in with the other, so it was four of us in this little East Village apartment. So you guys had like just met and you started living together pretty quickly. A year, a year, a year later. It was a year later. Okay. Like, right. You did I mean, long in distance. In retrospect, it was like Tuesday. But, like, but yes, no. no. So you did a year long distance. And then when did you, then you got to the Rockettes? Yes, I came to the city on um, like 16 days after 9 11. Like, mm, that was wow. a pretty, like, I should have been there sooner. I think I was like um, the 14th of September. I was supposed to move there. And then you just, you know, gave it a little space. But it was just such an interesting. Wow. That's when of, you moved here? Mm hmm. So I know exactly what that felt like because David moved to his studio apartment mm-hmm. on uh, September 13th, 2001, on 14th between 5th and University. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that is just something that we all just, we don't have to say any other words. Exactly. Yeah. Like know exactly like, what that was like. Yeah. My, so my experience moving to the city just would be like unlike anything any other. before that. Do you know what I mean? And even like, you know, I... It, it's still not whatever, but um, yeah, it just didn't even feel like the same. She came back, yeah. But those first few years were probably, in retrospect, probably what we'll say about the last four, right? Right? right, right. Yeah, um, kind of a weird time. We yeah. all that we were all in our early twenties at that time in the city. We experienced New York in a way that no one else did. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like studying Nothing subways. like being, being a rocket. I know. <laughs> after 9 11. Yeah, oh my God. Like, hey, here I am. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, it was all very conflicting. So then I started doing the show there and stopped traveling with them because it just made more sense to not pay for an apartment there and, and travel, you know. So if you don't mind, like fast forwarding slightly, yeah. I'd love to hear then. Okay. So you spent for, most of your formative years as a performer. How did you get to where we are now? And tell us a little bit about how you bridge the gap from that life to here and opening your own business. Do you want to go first or me? Oh. Um, is that for me or him? Either yeah. one. That's both of you, actually, okay. because as a Long Island guy, 
David's Long Island also. I'm from Bergen County. Jamie and I are raised in Bergen County. I'm going to guess that you had the sim- similar reasons to pick our area, um, other than maybe a job brought you down here. But, I mean, I had my eyes set on this area because it was the only thing that felt different mm. than anywhere else I had been in the tri-state. And I wanted to get that L.A. vibe or that Miami vibe, but I'm also a Jersey girl. Yes. Mm. Go ahead. How'd you get down so, here? So we lived in uh, in the city for a number of years. We um, had uh, our first child, and the prices in the city were kind of exorbitant. We were you practicing been, at this point already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, yes, I'm practicing the city. I had an osteopathic practice that I, I joined one of my mentors, and uh, I was doing that. I was also working in family medicine for a, a group as well. So two, two offices. So you're working city. for other people. You weren't working for yourself at that time. The Yes and no. I definitely was an employee for the family medicine group doing primary care. The the other practice was kind of building my own thing Got with it. another osteopath. Which is nice. Yeah. You were able to kind of build it under exactly. the infrastructure of exactly. somewhere else. Exactly. And the both practices were in Manhattan. Both practices in Manhattan. I, I could walk to them from, you know, from our apartment. Um, the whole time we were there, we had friends that lived down here. So we would get out like of the city friend. and visit another, another woman that uh, Danny danced with. Um, and her husband, and we would come down and visit them on weekends, holidays, New Year's, whatever it is, the summer, and go to the beach. And, um, you know, I grew up on the beach. I love going to the beach. I grew up on Long Island, like I said, a suburb of New York. It's a very funny thing is you grow up on Long Island, you're taught to look down on Jersey. Of course. In New that, Jersey, mom grew up there you're too. taught yeah. to look, look down, down on, on Long Island. Island. Yes. But the reality is, having lived now in both places, they're pretty identical. Right, mm-hmm. you're both yes. suburb of of New York, and you're both by the ocean, if you like that. So, um, anyway, so we fell. You fr- you're from the South Shore, um, kind of in the middle. But I would go to Jones Beach. Yeah. And, so and our mom is from Atlantic Beach and grew up mm-hmm. going to the beach. Like she lived like actually at the beach, like five like houses the equivalent in. of Seabright. Right. Yeah, yeah, like Seabright. And right. so then met my dad, and like because of the commute and all that. In those days, you commuted. There was no, it's so crazy to think about this, but people moved to certain towns because they like knew someone else that moved to that town and like it was an easy commute, right? Similar to now, but now you can like Google it and look it up and things like that. So he moved to, they moved to North Jersey and where we grew up and my mom always was like, he took me away from the beach. Now they're divorced, but you know, I wanted to be at the beach. So we would get in the car every weekend, both days and drive down here. And we'd go to where, at that time, the only, the first public beach that we knew of, which was Deal. So we would drive to 105, get back in the car, drive home. We were 168. Phillips Every Avenue Beach. Phillips Beach. Public Beach. And the concession, like, great tuna set. Yeah, great tuna. There was, and that was my mom's major requirement. They need to have a bathroom and a concession. Because if you're South going Shore with kids. Beach clubs, the South Shore has beach clubs. And that's what she grew up going to. Yeah, so we we would go there because my aunt was still there and we'd come here. Anyway, so that's how we ish discovered this area. But we didn't really know that these towns existed no. at all. Right. right. And that there was beach clubs. God forbid and we're we like, wait. left off the street and got lost. Yeah, because there was no like maps. You're just like, right. you go to this exit and you get off. Like, I, Unless you're like looking at a map, right? Um, such a different time. Yeah, it such is a different so time. Different. Anyway, continue. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so we would visit this area. We loved it. We loved our friends. You know, I had a great time with them all the time. It also happened to be, you know, getting a little bit closer to Virginia because we would go and visit yeah. her family because we we're on the East Coast. Uh, so after our daughter was born, she's about six months old, um, we moved to the, you know, found a house and moved to the area. Um, and for a while, I Did was going back up to the city. Until COVID. Um Right, until COVID. Yeah. I did, soon after that, actually before we moved, I think I found a job um, locally at an urgent care that I could start doing. So I didn't have to go back for both of those offices. I just kept my private practice and just shifted. And, um, and so I had that private practice in the city, and then I would work for the urgent Wait, care. So when I moved down here, because you're one of the very first people I met, because I was injured. So that's oh. just other background. I met Danny before I lived here. I was injured, and I was in rehab, Pilates, in um, Hoboken. And I was told that I should only take Pilates classes from teachers that were certified from certain schools, hmm. which I think you were one of them. Otherwise, how would I have gotten to you? Don't I remember. Don't um, and then also, I knew that she had a Legree Method studio, and I loved that, which We'll talk about in a second. But, um, and I was coming down here because we were in the position to, um, fortunate position where I was helping to build a house. So I would try and fit because I was working full time and my kids were little and I lived in Hoboken and my job was in the city. I would try and steal a class mm-hmm. or workout. And when I was doing like tile, right, right? Right. So I was down here and found her. And I could have sworn you had an office in that space. He did in that. But yes, so you were. He was I mean, doing, that was in like 2016. He was doing triple duty when we first moved Got down it. here. Because, you know, when you have that relationship with your patients for right, so long. It's hard to leave them. them. Right. So he was honoring that, you know, and then rebuilding down here. Because, again, that's the whole thing about owning your own business. Like you're building it from scratch. Right. No, like. Yeah, so I'd love to hear that from you. Like, let's switch gears for a second then. So you. You were commuting. How did you do this? Like, how did you? Because I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, often will hear this and it's inspiring to them. Also, it has to do with our title, well-being. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So obviously, in order to live a well life and your own well-being and your family, you're like, I can't do this commute anymore forever. Like, I need to figure out how to do this closer to home and build that from scratch here, which obviously for you as well, which we'll get to you, but. Mm-hmm. So it was more than just that. not wanting to do the commute forever. Cause I, uh, until COVID, I was fine going into the city and seeing yeah. those patients. I like, it was like, like twice I said, a week. yeah, it was, it was twice a week. Some days once a week, some days twice a week. What really drove the practice here was this is my passion. This is what I believe in, in, in terms of healthcare and, 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 being able to not only treat people, but educate people as to how they can be healthy and sustain their own health. Um, And and because I do this, it was always one-off. Oh, so-and-so, you know, especially through Danny, so-and-so has this issue. They want to talk to you. Do you think you can help? Yeah, I think it can help. So I'd treat them in our garage or our home. You know, I have a portable table or I'd go to their house. There's enough people that had an interest and enough people that needed it. And I was finally like, you know what? I, I, I want this is where I want to be. I want to treat my community. I want to treat my friends. I want to treat my kids' friends. I want to treat my friends' kids. Because you had a passion you know, about it. You wanted yeah, to yeah. I, I just, you, you know, you want to be a local. 
you know, a local person, celebrity, a as lo- we say, a local doctor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, local doctor. But and, and get people to not just and that was also some of the things with the urgent care. Not that they're not necessary, absolutely necessary. But my seeing myself and what I wanted to do was. So I wanted something that was a little more sustaining in terms of relationships and it's also in terms of educating people so they could take care of themselves and then their families and all that stuff. So being able to have an established practice here, you're right, triple duty. It was building a practice here, maintaining and continuing to build a practice in New York. And then I always... By the way, still, and raising small kids. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is not easy. And then your wife opens up this... So when was that? I mean, when she's did, out when, of the house at 5 a.m. Yeah. When did you... St- that was interesting timing. Yeah, my, my kids were four and six, and I was 40, and I was like, let's do this. But, it, you know, again, it was an involved... I never... When I was dancing, I never thought I would teach fitness. It was a back injury. Mm-hmm. Prescribed yeah. Pilates. I did it for, you know, six days a week for, like, two years because it was under, like, sweet spot, like, under a workman's comp case back then, so you could just do that and it was incredible and I wish that healthcare would cover that because it really helped me a lot mm-hmm. you know um, and then I got certified and so when I moved to New York I was kind of a new teacher so we got a reformer in our little studio like once we moved out of Alphabet City and got our own studio I had a reformer under our loft bed that I would pull out for clients and I started just small like just with other rockets and like you know stuff like that and then I started teaching at a studio. It's like one of the first places that ever did classes. So, because we're going back to like. Yeah. Was it on Irving Place? It was Reforming New York, right? Yeah. In, yeah. Um, and I was one of their first instructors there. It was like 11 machines. I was like. I wonder if we crossed paths don't. back then. That's I think really. We, we probably that. must have. Because we're all around the same. Not Jamie, she's yeah. younger than us, but we were all doing the same thing at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we talk about this all the time about how fitness like classes were like not a thing and that the soul cycle effect, et cetera, and that now there's boutique fitness everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't a thing. You went no. to the gym. Well, when I started teaching Pilates down here, so I was working in the city, I mean, I'm in Midtown at a studio, and I only did like, you know, a couple classes a week because I just wanted a community. I wanted like other instructors to be around because I was also Again, building. looking for the dressing room. <laughs> looking for the dressing room. Still doing Rockettes, though, but Rockettes at that point had just been like an October to January kind of thing. And so I really, I could maintain the clientele I was building <clears throat> during that season. And then when I got pregnant with Isla, I, that was my last Rocketting situation and by then I already had this practice that was like thanks pretty... Isla yes, mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> they were like I can shove into that costume one more year mm-hmm. um and I already had like a business so it was a pretty easy transition for me to and you know motherhood. did you even realize you were being forward-thinking not really I mean yes and no like I feel like as a dancer you've I just couldn't ever figure out and luckily I married somebody that was very much like I definitely want a family and I de- like never pushy but he just knew because as a dancer, I'm like, what is exactly the right year to, to give up everything that you've been working yes, for your whole life? Yeah, that's very hard. Um, yeah, that's really So, cool. you know, I mean, again, it's not that big a deal, right? It's like I'm blessed that I could have a baby. I like right. all the blessings. Like it's not. Sure, but it's but just now I just you can feel like if things. I had married somebody that just was kind of like nonchalant about it, I might have, you know, put it off, which is also great. You know, that would have been fine. But I just it just kind of worked it out right. that way. Yeah. And so I was um, teaching when my water broke, had a baby kept teaching you know like I took about five weeks off because I it's a job that you can do like that's I didn't realize I was being forward thinking and then when Isla popped out I was like oh this is like great you know like I, I don't have to travel you know because even as a dancer I had to travel a lot to make money you can't always just say like I just want to be here you know 
because, um, you know, obviously there was a 15 year. So we talked about Universal. We talked about the highlights, but like there was a lot of travel and living in different countries for a couple months at a time because you That's actually just you had needed to go. that income, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so you just start thinking, I don't know. So that would be something that I would tell like younger people. I'm like, I did not have a vision of what my 40 and 50 year old life would be at all. Like I was just very like narrow minded and um and I think it was really the back injury that was like a blessing. Like I think if you just find the reason behind all the different things. Thanks. Because there's no I hated working out. I was like and that's how I kind of built I was like I sold it to people. I was like, if you don't like working out, you will love this because I never knew what to do in a gym. I you know, I've evolved since then. I do know what to do, you know. <laughs> I've gotten more educated. But at the time I really just it was just Pilates and I loved it it's funny you say that because I I struggled for a long time in my life I've always you know struggled with weight and exercise and fitness and all the things my whole life and I've always been a fitness person but for as long as I can remember but growing up as a dancer you didn't have to worry about exercise because you were just always working out by accident because you loved it Right. right And then you have to find an exercise or a workout or a gym or a, something that you enjoy doing. Yes. And so I tripped and fell many times and then finally found – and it was it's challenging. If, if you're not on your path and you're like a notch below like I was and I wanted to do dance for fitness and fun, right. you are in an aerobics class at the gym or you are at Broadway Dance Center with people that are going for auditions right after you. Right, right. So I would go to Broadway Dance Center. It was super fun and I loved going. But that wasn't – I was there for fitness and everyone else is there and like preparing for an audition. Right. Which was amazing and right. super fun to be around in my 20s but like not really for like the long-term goal as far as fitness. Right. And, um, and then all of a sudden you're like, should I be going to the audition after this? Like I have like <laughs> – I have like a full time job. I'm like maybe class. Yeah, I'm like maybe I should. Um, And then I found Tootsie, who is a dance teacher who built a dance business out of the same desire to find joy, fitness, and dance combined. Yeah, and that's I mean I was. Jamie moved here because of Tootsie. Literally, Um, it was actually wasn't the beach. To be fair, Soul Soul Cycle came first for me, so Soul Cycle was my answer. Because it was rhythm for me, music, dance yes. was always music for me. So, um, rhythm and dance and loud music and that environment. And then I found Tootsie. But, but spin actually, interestingly enough, which a lot of dancers also find spin, I think is interesting, um, becomes that right. it filled the void yes. of the community, of the fitness, the music, the rhythm, right. things like that. Um, but now the fact that I'm 42 years old and I get to dance for fun twice a week is. Nothing I would ever have imagined. Right. So I, t- I think I mentioned Tootsie every single episode. Well, I what that. I wanted to She's say, my girl. I also wanted to say, and we just said this yeah. our, in our January episodes, we had two local organizations that are well known for these reasons. Yeah. By accident, but also maybe not by accident, right? And one of the young women that we interviewed last week, her name's Ma- Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Mari. Mari. She is you. But like, you know, 20 years ago, she she was a Disney princess. Disney on ice. I watched this yes. podcast yes. last night. fascinating. I know. I know. I right? And Disney you thing. probably were sitting there like. Yeah. I'm like, girl, spelling, I know. You know, like like she's now teaching spin. Yes. And and what I was saying, and this is coming back to the well-being and what you two intuitively were drawn to and created as a husband and wife and separate. You know, she's 
doing the job now. Right. Like right. fitness was not a job no. when you were a kid. Mm. Like now it is an actual, like you can grow up. What do you want to be when you grow up? You can grow up and actually be in these professions right. and be and working on well-being and it's not woo-woo. Mm. Right. Right? right? Right. Um so you started the studio. I did. I taught, you know, in my studio in uh in Manhattan for many many years and that was hard to leave because you know, I with the baby I couldn't be commuting and um you know, I had a long standing relationship with a lot of those people and you know they become very close, close to, to you. you so that was a little bit of a stark and then rebuilding here was very challenging because I mean this was 2008 or 9 and I'm like you know Pilates has been around since the 40s and people will be like oh like that's a new fad like you know and I'm like mm, it's not but you know but it was interesting moving to a community that really hadn't heard of it for the most yeah. part not everyone certainly there were like small studios here and I don't mean to offend anybody that was already doing it but like that my the people I met the moms that I met just literally had no clue no idea like they'd either never heard of it and or thought it was like oh that's like up and coming like that's like the new thing and I'm like it yoga. Just, it's just, right, yeah. Right. You're You're just like, like yoga's yeah, not like new. Yoga's been from like not yoga seven, is not 1200 BC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is new compared to yoga, yes. but it's, yes. you know, it's yes. just, it's had longevity, like really in a lot of places, not just New York, you know. Um, so, so what made you decide to open your own place here? Because you Megaformer. No, Megaformer. Like I was happy in my garage, you know. I had like two little machines set up. I had a very like strong practice going. It worked for the family. And then my um, one of my good friends that was still living in the city, she's like, you got to come in and do this thing called Megaformer. And I was like, oh, Jackie. And I was like, that sounds like fake, like Pilates. You know, like, you know who I am. Like, I'm like real, you know, yeah. I got the real sort of. And I went in and I was on the machine and I did my first plank and I looked at her and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to bring this to Jersey now. Like, I really, it was this, like, gut reaction and actually kind of sad. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to manage people. I don't want an overhead like I just felt like it was too stressful that was not at all what I wanted but the the feeling of like this is what I've always wanted Pilates to feel like because I love Pilates there's but you can do you can walk into a Pilates class and feel like my grandmother wouldn't even have been challenged there Mm -hmm. or you can walk into one that's like good I mean I've never taken your class through the years where I didn't feel like I was going to die that's Um, love also though (laughs) what I'm hearing what I find so interesting about both of your stories is that you started what you're doing here out of pure passion and desire and wanting to gifting it to your community to spread the love and the joy that you have found in the type of medicine that you practice and then in the type of fitness that you practice to bring it to others and and that's a service that you are providing and that you innately wanted to provide right to not just, and that's really who Marissa and I are. Like, yeah. we love something. We want to shout from the rooftops about it. Marissa has been asking Danny to be on the podcast probably since the day she met her. Yeah. Like, we. And I I want to, I've always said, always, and I don't go nearly. And I'm the first to say it. I probably, I mean, maybe Evan, Evan goes a little more than I do. I don't know. Um, it goes twice a week. It's yeah, a recommended okay. daily dose. Fair. So, like, I'd like to go all the time. It just, for whatever the reason, through the years, it has either not been something I could fit in mm-hmm. or I'll go every once in a while and then I'll admit, I'll admit vulnerably that I get disappointed that I'm not as strong because I haven't gone and then I power down a little bit. So that's my truth and I'm saying yeah. that because I have my own issues with my own competition and my own crap that goes on there. Yeah, of course. We're all human. 
Um, but I actually just went a few weeks, like two weeks ago, I think. Oh. I was there. I took I Johnny's I class. You. Well, I, I mean, also. <laughs> Marissa, it's, I know you. I could be nice to you, girl. Like, Jenny yeah. is just like, that was yes, hard. this is what I had planned. I, Sh- I was yeah. like, help. so here's the thing, Jenny. She's hard. I'm mature. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I can move. I'm like, can I have one of the long sticks? Like, I was like, no. I don't know. Anyway. But, um, well, one, one of the things that I love about um, Danny's studio specifically, but really, you know, um, Megaformer Pilates, you know, both of which she offers there, is, and I, because I recommend it to my patients too, and I'll send them her way, uh, is you can go there when, like Danny found it, when you're rehabilitating an injury. Thousand percent. Right? You can go there when you're a professional athlete and you want to stay strong Mm -hmm. to be able to do what you want to do, or you can go when you're a weekend warrior and you want you know, to be able to move on the court better or you want to hit the ball further, whatever it yeah. is, there's there's some benefit you can get or just general fitness. You can be a runner and you want to keep core strength. There's something in it at every level for all the people that want to come to it. Um, and and uh, so, I mean, the, the, the benefit is tremendous. But the other thing I was going to say, and, and you mentioned this earlier, just like Craig said before, he does the job not because of the dance it's because of the the people right around as you're just as, trying to find more people to drink with right, uh, right. Yeah. well as passionate now that you're of age, it's not a lie <laughs> so as, as passionate as you are about about and yeah. good as you are at, at teaching it about the the um the pilates the, what she's created at her studio between the instructors and also the people that go there it it just is elevated beyond just the Pilates. And I agree, right. a thousand percent. That. And also, you can go if you go once, twice, multiple times. The warmth and welcome is always the same. Yeah. And there's no like for me, the fact that I'll it's go the southern once every, hospitality. Yes, but if I go once in a blue moon, or I'm consistent for several months, there's no. There's, there's no, no judgment. judgment. There's it's just support. Open. I'm here. Yeah. Like here I am. My lights are on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a honest welcoming for where you are in that moment. And the reformer, like a mat, meets you where you are, wherever exactly. you are. Right. So I find um Pilates, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Pilates and I'm a huge fan of Pilates based strength because and I I think um and this goes into well-being and aging, I don't like to feel pain anymore. Right. Mm. right. And a lot of things that our generation was doing caused me a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pilates does not. Doesn't mean it's not hard, is Right. Um, but it doesn't cause pain. Mm. Um, and I think women as a whole, and doctor may be able to weigh in on this, we don't know the difference between sore and pain way too often. Right. Um, and because our wellness for most of our 20s and 30s and maybe into our 40s is actually not about well and about vanity, we continue to do things when we're injuring ourselves. Yes. And I'm now at a stage as vain as I still am, also vulnerable, Cher. Um, I'm, I'm working out regularly for long, like the long Thank game. You. Yeah. And not necessarily the short skirt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, although that's nice when your legs still look good, but like right. also like I just want to be able to use right. my legs, right. kind of. And <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. One of the correlations of our two businesses, in one way, is that 
because people still don't really understand or grasp what osteopathy is like um, unless you've Osteopathy, got it. I know, I know. Osteopathy. Let's mess myself up. Um, And people still don't know megaformer Pilates or kind of, or they think they do, but they're like, oh, I'm not very flexible. Like those are the things I get or um, I don't really want to stretch. I really like like hardcore or whatever. And I feel like we were like, I call us like the last stop people. Like it's like they see every other doctor. They've had every shot. They've done every electric stuff. And I did the same thing. So my back injury, I had seen all the doctors, like hospitals, you know. And in medical school, he helped me more than anyone else. Like so I immediately believed in I was literally laying on the table in our apartment. I was like, I didn't I didn't even live there yet. And I was like, how he's doing like it doesn't feel like anything actually. And then you get up and you're like what did you just do? How did how does that feel so much better? You know, and it's something that you can kind of explain it, but it would bore everybody here. But it's it just is. So a lot of people, even if you tell this story, they're still just like, yeah, but I don't get it, so I'm not gonna go. And we're like we're last stop people. Like it's like they've seen everybody, and then yeah. finally. But you're welcoming last stop. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, and like that's that's a great thing. It's just it's it's just kind of interesting that like when you like I get a lot of women that say like I can't do Guess CrossFit what? anymore we're I can't still do this. stop people too yeah. so people have tried to find their own jobs or they try to find make their own magic yeah, yeah. and they realize that there's a resource for them and right. they come right. to help ask yeah. us for help that's true and then and they again, say I wish I had come sooner I wish I had known that ready. this existed right. Right. sooner yeah right. and you have like yeah Marissa says this all the time you have to be ready to do the work like when we work with people that are usually either small businesses, which is mm-hmm. how I met Evan, or a job seeker that's just trying to make some sort of magic and they need the push or the logo mm-hmm. or the resume or the one page or the Instagram handle or just something to help mm-hmm. them get from A to mm-hmm. B, they need to be ready to do the work. So yes. that's why oftentimes people call us career coaches and we are a career coach. We're more like career strategists, mm-hmm. right? We're thinking about the long game. Yes. Um, it's not just, and also can do that, you know, the quick fixes like the resume edit or whatever, but it's not, it's not, we're not life coaches or career coaches. We, we play one on TV, if we, like we say, <laughs> but it's, we, you also almost need to know already what you want right. and then you come to us. Same kind of thing. Like, or you I want to feel flailing better. and you or but, but. But flailing, but like focus. But you know what you like. You know where you want to go. It's not like I'm like I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Although we can help those people too. Right. Like people come to you because they've tried everything else already. Exactly. That's what. Or they, or they're like they've heard about this and they're like maybe I want to try this instead of surgery or instead of medicine or whatever the case is. I love that. Yeah, it's just like last stop, people. Last stop, which is yeah. fine. Like that's you know, you, I Cheers love that. Us. What's nice though is when the last stop is their first stop. Yeah, that is nice. Agreed. And then you, well, the, I would think because that the generation didn't. coming up now, and they tell people thing. about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I love about again why I went into family medicine to begin with was You're because starting I earlier. want to treat kids. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. treat infants and newborns. So then, if if that's the window, the doorway where people come into the office, they bring their kids and they see the change that can happen with their children, then they start asking questions about themselves. Or they say, oh, my wife has had this issue, or my husband's had this issue, or my mom. So then there are some days where I have three generations that come in. You know, you're treating the the grandkids. A family affair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So tell us, um, these are our last few questions that we we could talk to you guys for hours, but um, I think I could probably guess them, but one of my, my favorite questions is what you consider your superpower. So professionally, okay? We do this a lot, this exercise with our 
coaching clients where oftentimes we need to identify what it is that we bring to a situation that maybe somebody else can't that makes us successful as a business owner that might make us successful as a job seeker or somebody on an interview to realize who you are innately and how you bring that to to work right so Marissa and I always start because we think it mm-hmm. helps people figure out what theirs are. Um, mine is sparkle. And I've always said that. I've always been everybody's cheerleader. I grew up as a cheerleader, a performer. And I do that in my professional life, right? And my personal life. I lift people up. I make things shine. I sh- I shout from the rooftops about things that I love, all the things. So that's my superpower because I think, you know, I live life at a very high vibration. I wake up like this. You know, all the all the quotes. I woke up like this. I'm not for everyone. All the things. I, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's what I bring to work. Because, and now that I'm a business owner, I'm able to bring that to the way that we run our business, right? And Marissa's is her intuition. So between the two of us, and she can kind of just like gut reaction know what to do, and then I make it pretty, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not that I can't do things. I just let her do things. Yes. Because I struggle a little bit more. I'm an execute, yeah. like an uh, executor. Yes. I can do As Tootsie things. calls me, who's a client of mine, I'm a get shit doneer. Like, I just get uh-huh. it done. She has the grand idea, and then I just do it, and I do it in a pretty sparkly way. have a lot of good way. ideas, too. We're we're a good team, but you know the. the but that's my superpower. I'm a I'm a I'm a listener. I'm an absorber. I can feel and hear and see what's next. Um, it is probably somewhere in your world, but wasn't science. And I've utilized it in my professional and personal life for as long as I know. Um, and I help guide people. So, what about me, you guys? What do you think. Um, I think for me, and I don't mean to say like, oh, haha, I'm so funny when I say this, but I think it's my sense of humor because I think everything is funny. Like literally, like mm-hmm. it can be anything. And I just find like my brain just flips it and makes it like, and I can just laugh at most inappropriate times. And I found like that is helpful. I get a lot of people that come in and they're uncomfortable or they're this or they're that. And I think that like, it's easy for me to just disarm them and hopefully make them laugh maybe at my expense hopefully not at their expense but sometimes you know yeah <laughs> depending on who it is um you I know love that. I, I love that it is a superpower I think that means that you're metabolizing other people's emotion and and creating it to be something joy and light uh, you're, that's the hope you know what I mean like I love that know. that's a great superpower. you see me just trying to use like interesting verbs that Evan will like I, I like metabolize but you know when you asked my superpower I thought I was going to get to say invisibility you back to business I know my daughter wanted me to say that <laughs> I was like there you go it's hilarious oh like oh that you could go underneath that was freaking hilarious last night she's looking at the coach she's like mom what are you going to say this I was like I don't know and she was like invisibility and I was like and then go underneath the table I've never been more proud of you in that moment because that is a great answer obviously that's my superpower invisibility what about you do you have one you know I I I Read the material coming up to this, and and I knew that was potential, you know, <laughs> thing. And I'd heard other people ask, you know, I and I, I still don't really. You're have stumped. A great You're answer stumped? for it, but um, I would say, um, I mean, I don't want to step on your toes, but I could answer this for you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I might be able to we're answer, and I'm that. not your partner in crime, your wife, I, or anything I'll, else. Well, so I, I'm actually very interested in hearing your guys' answers. But first, let me. Yeah. Uh, I think. 
one of the things that I'm able to do, certainly in my office and I hopefully outside of my office, is bring kind of a calm and a grounding and a neutrality to a lot of the, you know, emotions and heightened things that go on. A lot of people come and see me and they're they're stressed or even outside, you know, um, situations. There's a lot of tumult. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of bring things to a center and a calm and kind of diffuse then I think a, a, a clarity emerges from that and people can find a path. A lot of, you know, what you were describing was yours. I could, I could resonate with that quite a bit. I, I like the, I, I do feel like you feel like a cup of tea or in <laughs> like some, that. maybe like, you know, in like if it was 1960, <laughs> it was like a, a glass of sherry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you do, you feel that way. And I think if I were coming to you and I think people that are coming to you as a lost stop, they're coming to you raw, they're coming to you with in all pain. their nerves exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of emotional pain from unexplained physical confusion, right? Hope. And mm-hmm. a lot of those things are really directly related. So if your bedside manner is calm, that's an immediate help mm-hmm. or stepping stone to fix, mm-hmm. right? Or heal. Um, and for, for lack of a better way of putting it, you are a healer. And when you bring healing to somebody, how you do it is 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 a part of the end result. People feel mm-hmm. people heal because they're open to being healed, and you're open to being healed by someone that creates that feeling of totally well being, right? So I think that's great. I, I agree with you. And um, what I was going to say, and I don't want you know. You going home tonight and like being too big for your britches and like getting after like watch it, Marissa. We don't need. Um, but I was thinking that in addition to that, it could be your ability to think outside of the box. Mm. So I think that goes hand in hand mm-hmm. with calm. I don't think that you are somebody that presented with X, Y, and Z receives just X, Y, and Z. You're somebody that is able to look in and out and around and find and think deeper than others. And that is really what's needed for a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say curiosity. Like that you at such a young age were able to find this path of medicine that was, I guess, more atypical to a kid from Long Island, just son of a dentist. You know, you kind of went on your own path that way. Sorry. Excuse us. Um, I'm making a profound thought. Um, you know, my that phone, my keys. The curiosity that you need in order to kind of break away from the norm, regardless of what that is. Um, is How old is your daughter? Is unique. 16. Yeah. Is she at RBR? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have two years before she's off somewhere. This is not something I like to talk about. Don't make me cry. But what I was going to say was that's when you could take an internship at like Red Bank Animal Vet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to like, yes. I know, we have, don't we all? We have, we have to come back to the Lion Tamer yeah. eventually. Like, eventually. Like, we need to figure out a way for Evan to the guy play that walks with the big cats. Right. What's the guy that makes the walks Oh, the God, the family that walks across, uh, I forget their names. Dad's fascinated with that guy. Oh, yeah, I know. I forget his name. The family that walks the tightropes. Um, Ming's trying to come up with the name. Um, no, he's not. Okay, so obviously in in business, you both run a business. You have people who work for you and rely on you. Um, we had people working for us for a long time. More recently, we're just R. the R. two of us. I miss them. Which we love 
we don't need to, this is another topic for another day about, you know, having staff and people relying on you. Um, that was a big point of contention for us for a long time, but also a big driver because we had people that worked for us, mm -hmm. mostly young girls in their 20s relying on us for mentorship and income and flexibility and all of the things. Um, so that we can very much relate. Um, now it's just the two of us. But regardless, you have to be inspired to keep going, right? So we have shifted and pivoted and done all of these things. And we were working, as you were mentioning before, um, under the infrastructure of our fa father's firm for a long time as partners. The Dreamcatchers was a side hustle as just a podcast at the beginning. And now it's become a full-service career, you know, you know, firm that we started by accident because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. And... And we're running it on our own, where we were running it for a family business and with the infrastructure of the overhead, et cetera. So you said that a little bit before, but what inc inspires you to keep going? You have people that work for you. Obviously, that tends to be the the driving factor to continue to, to go. And obviously, I can probably guess that it's your passion for the things that you're teaching and the education that you're providing and the people that you're, you know, improving their lives. Um, but is there anything else that inspires you to continue to build and grow and change and be present in your business, um, you know, people rely on you. Yeah. They get up, they need to be there. You need to be there at 5 a.m. or whatever time yeah. your class starts. Um, but what else inspires you? I mean, it's kind of a combination of all those things. Like, I really love that, you know, I'm f I'll be 51 next month, but I love that. Um, I Actually, start you're older than me. Yeah. Just want to make sure that everyone's clear. I know. Sorry. I think you at early, some at points said I was younger. I was like, well, I can bust that mess later. Yeah. 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 I know I'm older than everyone yeah. in the room. Um, but it's just like constantly evolved. Like, I mean, I have never worked harder than the first like five years of that business. Like I, I mean, I would come home sometimes and I would just like sit on the kitchen floor and the two babies would come up to me and I would just start crying. And he was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, it's just, it's just a day. Like, you know, and there was nothing wrong, like at all. It was it's just, just hard exhaustion like I like I said the the business side of things was a steep learning curve for me you know I'm not great with any of the but now it'll be 11 years well it's 10 and a half years and um you know enter Lizzie and the rest of the team that took a long time because there was a lot of swing and misses and that was hard for me because I do get very emotionally attached, attached. Yes, attached we're the same way mentor, you know and all the things and and then it doesn't work out it's right. hard to and hire people yeah and yeah. and you know you can get hurt in the process and um and you know listen there's part of me that's still holding my breath but right now and since COVID COVID was I know really hard and it was hard on my business but it also kind of leveled me like seven years in and it just leveled my business and then I got to come back as like by learning from all my mistakes knowing exactly who was the right fit at the you know you're still the offering the online mm -hmm. we do but now I can just say I have recreated the dressing room I've never had more fun at work since I left the entertainment business as I have in like the last two or three years so kudos to like Lizzie and Jenny like all the people that I work with live like they're just it feels like family and that's what I've always wanted but that I think is like somebody that doesn't have a business mind you probably shouldn't hire people thinking like this is adding to your work family because that's how you get hurt but I mm -hmm. think I couldn't do it any other way we're the exact same way and we don't know now, how to not right and now I really feel like maybe because we're hope. sisters yeah. <laughs> like we, we're family anyway yeah, exactly. so we have to hire people that feel like family right so I feel very lucky and it's never been better and it's largely to you know, especially Lizzie, who came in like a hurricane and like knows everything about social media. And, you know, she just grew up in that world. She's going to be 30. Right. Yeah, she's younger. We share a birthday. How cute is that? Aww. Oh, my gosh. No way. Yeah, we do. When's your birthday? March 13th. 
I knew you were a Pisces. We're, oh, that's right. I On saw you. March 9th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it. We're going to Vegas for to celebrate her 30 years. Oh, oh that's so cute. So that's yeah. fun. Okay. So, I love that. Um, yeah, I have Marissa can go into astrology another time, but, you know, <laughs> Pisces typically have a talent, very creative, very passionate, mm-hmm. driven. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can, like, I, laugh at things. I just, um, emotion. There, there are two things I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I don't. I think it's important uh, to highlight that I will never forget, um, or I I know that I don't want to forget how much you do in the community, um, and you've helped other other dreamers. businesses, yeah, and dreamers showcase and you do it in such a nice way like there'll be a business card or you're in the scout guide which was a beautiful layout for both of you um you know you do things where it's very tasteful um and you just touch it a little bit whether you're uh supporting the we forum events or whatnot but i think my favorite is i mean i equate eating salads because of you. Jess, yeah. Yeah, Jess. Yeah. And which, by mean, the way, is honestly, one of our last question, which is your dream crush, yeah. which we're going to talk about in a second. The amount of times people say Blonde Chalet is their dream crush because they couldn't survive without them. And Marissa literally, I think, originally found them at Pilates yeah, Blast. Like putting cash and then we were in like, an envelope at Danny's studio. In yeah. the fridge. In, like, in the fridge. People would call me in like midnight, like, can you save me the Chinese chicken Chinese salad. Chinese chicken salad. I was duh. like, girl, you got to come in and take class. I can't put your name on it. It's no, literally. And it was like a little, I mean, it was just like an undercover, yes. Yes. you know, 1985 movie. Yeah, yeah. Like you yep. roll in, you're like pulling out your $7 or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was now it's like a little less than just. before overhead. It was a little less than. Yeah. Um, but it's worth every bite. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Scout's dime. Honor in an envelope. Yep. Okay, not Venmo, not Zelle, just yep. like, I mean, by the way, even then, I God knows if I had two dollars, right. I'd well, have to like dig those out. Yeah, yeah. Who has dollars? And Jess and I are the same people. Like she would never count that money. I would never count. I'm like here. You're like it's fine. Balance are gone. This is what I got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, I love just it. Like, she's been on the pod before. I we know. love her. We I love Jess. her. And wait, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, one other thing. Who in this room got really, really angry? When people were not treating you right oh, at the new I'll studio, never forget that. <laughs> and I went wild. Yes, like wild. Marissa, I don't know what Marissa happened. Has your back? I literally went wild over something that happened when they moved from uh, Titten Falls to, to the to the yeah. to the Broad Street location. And I won't name names in case in case we've amended. Right. But I mean, I you would think that I was like a beast. Like, <laughs> but something happened. I was very upset that she was upset. And I I tore ass, excuse my <laughs> language, I opened the doors and started yelling at the people. Like as if it's like my like I, love th- that, I was though. so mad. Yeah. And and everyone was like, Did you see what she just did? And I was like, listen, don't mess with my people. It was um, and it was like over Parking, parking spots. Parking. Yeah. Oh, that sounds right for Red Hashtag Bank. Red yeah, Bank. Exactly. Um, what we about do, you? We do have parking in the we, back. Now we have yes. parking in the uh, back. Plenty. Generous. Generous. Um, what keeps you inspired besides the work, obviously? Um, well, I think that uh, teaching uh, and, and... Educating. It, yeah. I, I love having students come in through. I love giving those giving lectures. And, 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 and it's really those, the aha moments that mm. happen 
with patients and with students when they get a sense of it. And it reminds me all the time of my first aha moment. Yeah. Uh, I have a good idea so for you, do, by the way. Too. I have, a I have, idea, I have an idea for you, too. Same idea, I'm sure. Yep. What? Um, oh, we're in. We're in. I can't yeah, wait. We have a good idea for you. Where do you typically do your classes? You do them in your, like, people just come in and take class from you or? Uh, no, it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of I mean, when students yeah. work with me, they, they come into the office. But I, I teach uh, at at conferences. Oh, at conferences, um, got it. Either, you know, wherever they are around the country. But if you wanted to do something locally, do you do that? Well, you just I, started. I, yeah, I used to. Um, I, I did that a few times in my office when it was a smaller group. A little larger group, you need a, a bigger space. Give me an example of what, um, you know, a quick digest- digestible curriculum would be for a class. So these classes are typically for medical students or physicians in practice. Right. Teaching and he's them. teaching Giving young osteopaths right. to, you know what I mean? Think a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you do I a course? Well, could you do a course for, like, the layman to, like, learn... That you don't have to turn so to it's, certain. It's things. a great idea. I, I've thought about giving a lecture, you know, community lecture on what osteopathy is, what health is, what you could do in your daily life. To this is to, why you know the dream to try catchers. to support your own health. So that dream would be we're going to help you catch that dream. We're ready. Um, okay. Me too. I'm ready. I love that idea. Okay. Like, so instead of Tylenol, Doctor Evans says, <laughs> "Do this." This. Um, I love that. Not okay. That I don't so love a Tylenol moment. Sorry. And do you do you guys have like a mantra at all, like that you say or that you live by? I mean, he's like obviously. I've I've said mine a lot during this, which is say yes. It's just just say yes. Just go and do the things. Just breathe. Just breathe. Yeah, I love that. I know. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm somewhere in between. I'm like, yes, just do that. But now I'm stressed. So just breathe. Just say yes. Just breathe. I love just breathe. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's also a great song. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. Pearl Jam song. Um, Okay. You have to tell me. Yeah, I'll have to show you after. She doesn't. She doesn't get it. Um. So, our last question is... Elderly woman at the counter, I know. That you know. Um, Like better man. (laughs) Yeah, better man. Um, Basic bitch. Okay, basic bitch. Um, So, the dream crush, which we talked about a little bit. So, when we're working with our clients, we talk a lot about this. Because I think so often we get to where we were meant to go so much later because of, you know, circumstance in life. And what we try to educate people on is that you can have a crush or like a dream job that you could probably get pretty close to if you did the right things and you said yes and you found the mentors and nowadays use LinkedIn to stalk and find and connect. Um, So the dream crush started because we'll educate people that if you have a dream job and it's local or not local, um, most people would be like, oh, I died at work for Universal Studios as a dancer, but they don't do anything about it or try to right. find how you get there. Um, and maybe do you know someone that works for Universal? Can you call? Can you do? So this innate ability to network is what we gift to our clients. So that being said, having a dream crush means somebody that you're inspired by that you think is doing all the right things. Now, typically, that is when it comes to job search, but it might be as a business, right? You might be like, oh, I just love the way that this person or this brand does it. It just feels, that's why I'm super inspired by it and I try to emulate that. Or I can't live life without, so Jess Rogers comes up a lot as Bond Chalet because she's just done it well and right from the beginning. That, to me, is an inspirational story. Mm -hmm. This woman's making salad in her kitchen um, and now is like the biggest, you know, lunch, fast, casual Mm -hmm. solution in Monmouth County. 
Um, so that to me is she's a big fish in a small pond, and we all depend on her. We all depend on her, literally multiple days a week. So, how do you have a another crush in in the area that you think just does it well? And if it doesn't, if it's not in the area, it's not local. That's fine too. People have crushed on people to say Amazon on here. Right. Um, you know that's not the point of a small business story, of course, but right. being that you guys are both small businesses. And it might be, you know, fitness. It might be yeah. one of your, it might be your former, like anything like that. Or a right. teacher. Anybody that just, and then we like to shout it out because we think what's cool is then we tag and we share it and people that are listening might find inspiration in those places and people as they're looking for work. Yeah. Um, I do. I don't know if it's a recognizable brand to people down here but um Jane Dew are mm-hmm. two do you know them yeah of course two good friends of mine and um I took class there in Jersey City yeah, or Hoboken they we have had you know millions of like get together sitting on the beach and and but I'll never forget when they wanted to rebrand because they used to be called uh the bar like yeah whatever so they would have like a sneaker and a, I was like oh you guys are geniuses you know like the dance and the da. and then they're like yeah no we're this isn't it we're gonna rebrand and I was like Jane do and then, of course, because I don't have that mind, they were like, it just makes so much sense. And they are just such a women empowerment that I – it's just so interesting to me that – and they'll always say, they're like, it's not – we're not recreating the wheel. Like, it's not so much about the fitness for them. You know what I mean? They're like, we're doing all the same Did stuff. Did you ever come there with me? No. They're Jersey – they had dance-based classes, which is why I probably found it at the time when I was, like, mm-hmm, searching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're franchising. They're doing all these, mm-hmm. like, cool stuff. So they really approached it less about – they also rock hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we all dance together. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and they're just, you know, I think that they're just uh, like little, you know, they're a little bit younger than me, just about five or six years. But I'm like, I just think of those little baby geniuses. I was like, how did you guys think of all that? You know, yeah. and they're like best friends. They just like, did it well. Teachers. Yeah. They really did. And, and uh, that's inspirational where too. Is like it? Edgewater? No, it was in Jersey City. They had I remember. five locations. And then it was downtown Hoboken COVID. also maybe. And ori- then they originally. they opened in the city, but all right, like some of their real expansion happened right before COVID. Aww. So that was, it didn't work out. But but now they're still going but now strong. They're still now going they're franchising strong. and like they're they're just they just can pivot. Continue just, to pivot. Yeah. I love that. And they're like you guys, like one is like the real creative and the other is like the get shit done. And yeah. uh, they just make a great team and it's you know, it's it's great. And so I I've had a lot That's of, a good crush. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Good shout out. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I'll, I'll go with low hanging fruit. I mean, I think Vladi's blast is, is one of them. <laughs> he has a crush on his wife. And, and, Paid him to say it. Well, I'll tell you, it's it, because of a couple of things. One, that there's just the feeling that people have when they just go in there and just really just an ever expanding community, and you just feel warm and welcome when you go there. You see familiar faces, your new face, whatever it is. And also, I love the presence out there. You know, the, on the funny videos and that did come. It just, I don't know. It's very warm. It's very inviting. Uh, so I, I really, I like that. Um, in terms of you know, other kind of things in my space. I have some friends, I have a buddy, Steve, who's up in Massachusetts. And we went, we were the same year at school and then, you know, had the same mentors growing. And he has really grown what he does and expanded. And, you know, he has private practice, he has these other things. But his teaching, he does a tremendous amount of teaching. And it has taken him to travel all over the world. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's inspiring. I still go and see him and I like listening to him lecture and teach and what's uh, his name steve what steve kissel steve kissel uh and, and shout out to steve yeah <laughs> hey steve steve's our dad's so, name so we love the name oh, steve yeah. that's a good name there are a lot of steves in osteopathy yeah interesting dr kissel yeah. it sounds kissel. nice yeah He's you know i think what's what's important to note there and i think this is a good way to wrap it up is like 
one of the things I was saying is your superpower about, which obviously now is proving my point yet again, your curiosity of you've been doing this for so many years. You've found it very young in your career, yet you're still inspired by other people that are doing it. And that your exact peer and your you know, contemporary, you're still, still learning learn. from people that are next to you, above you, below you. You know, I think that you both kind of touched on this. You're not above any of that, right? So you kind of talked about how, you know, you found this dream job and you took a chance on yourself and you never thought you'd love and found your calling that way. And then also brought you to meet the love of your life and build a life together and all the things that meant, it was all meant to be, as we always say. But that your curiosity and your ability to lean in and like learn from other people and you're in a type of medicine that you have to be open-minded to the change and the learning from others and just listening and all of that, which I think is really, really important. And I think it's really inspirational. And I loved having you both. Me too. This was together. An and you really conversation. All we were missing was dinner and drink. Yes. And yeah. you know, we 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 courted each of them individually for a while and they were like, we should just do this together. Actually that was my idea. I just think it's Thanks. it makes thank you, Marissa. I just think it makes so much sense. You also very much work in a space that you know kind of yes. refers to each other. It's not Black and white. By the way, we didn't even talk about the fact that, you know, you have a, a married couple, right? We're all guilty of being married also. Yes. Um, we all have children. Our children are mm -hmm. close in age. Jamie's is a, are a hiccup younger. This this stuff's That's not I'm easy. Younger, as we've said. This stuff is not easy. Right. Right. Yeah. And the fact that businesses. So you you what did you say? We said that you were calm. That's your self proclaimed superpower and you bring humor. You know, to have two, so, for lack of a better way of putting it, solo entrepreneurs married in, in the same household, building brands in the same community, raising children locally, and being, one, sure, on paper, you're close to home. You could pick up from soccer. You can take to drum lessons. You can do all that stuff. But the infrastructure and the building of the business and being successful in your own right and being married and under the same roof for this many years, it's not easy stuff. So, you know, and life ne doesn't get it easier, actually. Right. We just soften up to the hard yeah. and become wiser as we age because we're more accepting of the things that are hard and more generously enjoying the things that are beautiful, right? right? So I really admire the two of you. And like I said at the beginning, offline, this is a day date. Thank you for taking the time to be here together. Um, yes, it was my idea to put them together, but also we were traveling, trying to figure out how to land their calendar, and I said, I'm going to ask Danny to make this happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt like it was a really fun perspective in well-being, right? So we had a double entendre, but the trifecta of being able to support one another in our partnerships mm -hmm. um, and just listening to the two of you speak about each other's businesses, we don't need to know what goes on behind closed doors. At the end of the day, we all have our own closed doors. But if you're putting on in your front lawn all of the things that you've been busy doing that the rest of us are picking up, job well done. Thank you. And uh, you know Shameless what? Shameless plug to Evan's logo that I created as well. Yes. I mean, you know, and I guess if your kid one day meets somebody after two days and drops everything, <laughs> this is a good example of sometimes it can it work out. out. Sometimes it, can work it out. does. <laughs>
Um, no, and I just I, a guy from Long Island. Shout out to Trish Affaker, who's my neighbor, yes. who knew that I was creative and could help Evan land some planes, and we did that. And just grateful to have you here today and to meet you in person finally. And get you here together yeah. and thanks it's very to, hard to get into Danny's class you have to register early we didn't even get a chance to, to to call out the name of your company which I also think is pretty beautiful considering where we live and I, I don't want to mess up the acronym but it's called OCEAN and it stands for the Osteopathic Center of Education and Nutrition which is such a beautiful acronym right yeah. isn't it amazing it to, is a beautiful acronym to figure that out and we, we highlight that in the logo so we were very proud of that um, and Pilates Blast Duh, we said that a couple times, but I just want to make sure we shout it out. Anything that we didn't get to cover, anything coming up at either place that you wanted to be able to talk about, anything else? The Fit Crawl. Yeah, the Fit Crawl's coming up. Oh, yeah, love the oh, Fit Crawl. Oh, yeah, I said one before. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can sign up online. That's that's all. Fit Crawl, really for day. those that don't know, is an awesome organization. Uh, uh, like event isn't, isn't that when I get you like the one time a year? Yeah, the I one time you. a year I, I go to Pilates Blast. We didn't we didn't cover that. I don't really go. She, um, we, we handled that well. I thought I go a lot of other places, but not. I don't I don't lean in as much as I should to That's Pilates okay. Blast. Um, but yes, I typically go. on <laughs> Jamie, you're on your way to your last stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, my last stop is coming. Um, the trains. I'm gonna the trains, get you in a few years. Yeah, yeah. the trains Next at the Jamie end. hobbles in. She's yeah. like, shoot, I should have come here sooner. Yeah. Totally. Um, all, literally all my friends go. Um, but yeah, so We Forum is an awesome organization locally that does a fit crawl where you can experience different fitness mm-hmm. places across the peninsula and across Monmouth County. Super fun way to and the try new things. Is for is for our local community. Yes, well. it's it's a really cool way, and it's a cool way to try new things that you wouldn't otherwise try. Like when I've gone to Pilates Blast, like the three times I've been there. Um, but I've been there, yeah. and I loved it. But you gotta um, love Monmouth County. You gotta love where we live because there is a mutual admiration and support for all the other local fitness businesses. Now, granted, Danny might be saying whatever about them in her kitchen, but outside of that, there, it's very supportive. there is a supportive, yes. there's something for everybody. There's space for everyone. And there's space okay. for everyone. There really is. There is. People find, you know, people so find their people. That's yes. February what? 24th? 24th. Okay. And mm-hmm. anything coming up or that you wanted to mention that you didn't get to say? I, I guess we're going to have to look out for local lectures. because We're going to, we're going to stay tuned for local lectures. Thanks to the Dreamcatchers. Yeah. Well, I we think, have some ideas I for you. I think that there's so many of us that are intuitively connecting the dots between nutrition and how we feel. Mm-hmm. And our wellness, like our medical wellness, and there is a and fitness and nutrition and all of it. Connected. And I'm not even talking about weight, but I'm. I mean, granted, that's an extra thing. But like, there's a lot of things that aren't that don't connect the dots between traditional medicine and healthcare and specialists and where everybody doesn't intersect. And if you're an intuitive person and you just feel like something's off. Or one doctor is not saying what you need to know. Someone like you would hear that mm. and try to figure it out together. Yeah, um, you know, and I mean, not for nothing, life can be better lived. Like so much of us feel like crap a lot. Yes, and you don't have to feel like crap a lot. You just have to have awareness to what it is that's making. You or feel like contributing crap? to it. Yeah, and a lot Maybe of times it's, it's just that first first or second step. I eat a lot right. You know, once you just introduce that and, and you, get people you get a group of people together and you say, Okay, so snack walls are a no. Right? Snack walls don't exist. Snack I know. Well, they were a hard no for I a think long time. I think overall we're very and we find that every time we have these conversations, how like minded we are with our guests, 
is that we all are preaching that same mm-hmm. thing, which is baby steps, start small, come in, ask a question, take a class, reach out, maybe know that there's resources out there that can help you. Um, I'm excited for the next thing. And me too. And thank you so much to Ming and Shared Universe for having us. Just have to shout out my first boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. Happy birthday. Um, (laughs) And sorry I'm missing your show at Irving Plaza. I was not chosen. Me either. And I love you very much. And you're going on tour while I'm at sleepaway camp, so I'll have to figure that out. Um, Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. This was a pleasure. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. If you're chasing a dream or looking to add the sparkle to an existing one, reach out. Let us help you turn your light on. You can learn more at www.thedreamcatchers.life or find us on Instagram at thedreamcatchers23. Let's get dreaming.